0: In the past six months, around 20% of patients in Jersey's emergency department could have used another service, and the department recently put up a sign encouraging islanders to consider pharmacies, GPs, and the out-of-hours GP. I, Megan Davis, sat down with Dr. Masha Finn, clinical lead and consultant in emergency medicine, to talk about life in the emergency department, why people come in with chest pains on Boxing Day, and of course why she wants Islanders to know about alternative services. Masha, thank you so much for taking the time. That's fine. Um, could you just start by introducing yourself?
1: Um, so my name is Masha Finn. I'm the clinical lead for the emergency department and I'm consultant in emergency medicine. And I've been here permanently since uh, for about 18 months now.
0: And could you um, introduce the department really briefly, uh, give me an idea of the kind of thing you do and maybe
1: a bit of a day in the life? Um, so we have a really lovely department. We see um, about 40,000, 45,000 patients a year. So it makes it um, sort of small to medium size in a sort of bigger scheme of things. Um, <coughs> we have a um, resuscitation department with three spaces in it. We have eight cubicles. We have paediatric waiting room, paediatric room, and a separate minors area. Um, and, you know, the minors area... Is staffed with uh, doctors and emergency nurse practitioners who are fantastic and uh, we see a huge variety of patients from um, you know heart attacks, strokes, uh, people falling off ladders, um, car accidents to children who come in with cough, uh, worried parents uh, to uh, you know ankle fractures or sort of mind injuries so it's quite a um, range of conditions that we can deal with in the department.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How many um, sort of staff and patients would you see in, in a day?
1: Uh, so st- st- staff-wise, we have n- the template um, is six nursing staff um, on each shift and then the doctors-wise, normally Monday to Friday. So the middle grade staffing is consistent seven days a week. So we have four um, middle-grade doctors on um, a day, including a night shift. Uh, Consultants, we will have um, three or four consultants overlapping their shifts, and then there's quite a few junior doctors as well.
0: Could you just um, explain the difference between those roles? I'm not sure that people know.
1: Yeah, of course. So the uh, junior doctors are the ones that have um, finished their medical school and they've done their first year of doctoring normally on the ward and then they come to us. Um, there are clinical fellows who are doctors who' finished their what's called foundation training, which is the first two years after medical school, and they come to us because they want to get more experience in emergency medicine. Um, the registrars are senior doctors who have done probably four to five years of working in emergency medicine and they um, are, you know they see patients and they make decisions and they advise on care for junior doctors. And consultants are doctors who have done their training uh, in emergency medicine, who have passed the exams um, and have sort of achieved the, you know, nirvana of medicine, <laughs> of medicine, of becoming the consultant. So they are sort of the most experienced people in the shop floor.
0: We know that the hospital as a whole has had staffing issues, recruitment issues. Do you find that there are particular pressures uh, around emergency is it actually
1: a department that does quite well? So, we have been really quite lucky because in the last sort of 18 months, um, the rotors have been changed to make it more consistent with cover for, um, for the department. We have managed to recruit um, more consultants and more registrars and junior doctors into posts who previously would have been covered by agency staff or bank staff. Um, so, as a whole, our department is doing reasonably well with staffing. We still have some outstanding vacant jobs, so we're interviewing for um, more registrars this afternoon. Um, but as a whole, I think we're quite... we we well staffed uh, for compared, compared to what it was like even two years ago. What mm-hmm. have you done
0: um, to improve that?
1: Um, I think... Well, we have because the road has been changed so there is a lot more support for certainly junior doctors on the shop floor from consultants and registrars. So more people want to come and work in the emergency department because they feel that they're well supported, they get trained, they you know, they get taught in different skills that they want to learn. Um and from a registrar's point of view, recruiting into registrar posts the same because the consultants are in the department working from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday to Friday so there's a lot more clinical supervision um, and they feel that they are not left to their own devices so to speak. Gosh,
0: is that people coming over from other departments or maybe coming over from the UK? Uh,
1: some people have come from UK um, some people who used to be uh, locums um, have decided to take permanent posts because they feel they're valued and they get Training and progress. So, mm-hmm. I think it's just making people understand that they can progress in their job. Yeah.
0: How many locums and agency staff have you got at
1: the moment? In any yeah. none. That's so sickness. there are some bank shifts to cover sickness. Yeah. Uh, that are mainly ju- um, junior doctors, but we don't we don't use any agency staff.
0: Well.
1: <laughs> um, but that's for me, for for doctors, and as far as I understand, the nursing complement's been recruited to numbers. Um, and all agency nurses um, have been given and uh, end date and the last agency nurse is leaving in the beginning of February so there won't be any agency nursing. That seems like
0: really positive uh, It is really there. positive,
1: yeah. yeah. It's really encouraging.
0: Yeah. Um, now, wanted to go back to... Um, I know you were asking people to come in only if they have a genuine emergency. Mm. Um, could you give me an idea of the kind of issues that you were seeing that actually just put a strain on the system and didn't really warrant coming into A&E?
1: Um, quite a few people come because out, they run out of their prescription and they don't ring their GP to renew it and it makes it really difficult because um, we are there to see everybody who comes through the door. You know, We don't turn people away, we might offer them different solutions but um, we don't criticise people for coming. Um, so if somebody comes asking for a prescription renewal, we can't do it because we don't have access to their records and we wouldn't be prescribing the medication. We we don't know their history. It's just not good clinical practice. Um, in the summer, quite a few people pop in to get a checkup before they go on holiday, um, <laughs> which is um, somewhat funny. Um, um, some people have conditions they've had for quite few months but they haven't spoken to their GP and then they come to us because they feel it's a quicker option um, but that also is counterproductive because if we see them we're really good at managing acute conditions and emergencies long-term conditions need follow-up they need follow-up tests they need follow-up reviews which we can't provide so we whilst we might tell them that they are well today we will still tell them to go to their GP to get follow-up um, Yeah, that's sort of a short summary. Uh,
0: Do you know if there's been any analysis of why people might come to you rather than to their GP for issues that really would be a GP?
1: So, when people come to the ED, majority of them feel it's an emergency, even though I wouldn't classify it as an emergency. Everybody, people feel they have no other option. So that's why the sign is there to just educate people that there are other options. It might not stop them from coming in when they are there, but maybe next time it will make them think, well, actually, I can go to the GP, I can go to the pharmacy, I can ring the out of hours doctor for telephone advice, which is, you know, 20 pounds. So it's not that cost prohibitive. Um, And also just to let people know that there is loads of other things happening in the background. So the waiting room is quite isolated. People don't see the ambulances coming in, they don't know that somebody's collapsed, they don't know what's going on in the major part of the department, so they get frustrated they're not being seen quickly, but they don't have the perspective of what else is going on.
0: How do you handle the triage aspect of that? How do you get through people?
1: So, office? there is <clears throat> anybody who comes to A&E gets triaged um, by an experienced nurse. And there is a set criteria that we use, which are used around the world, which is called Manchester Triage, which highlights people who are not well, uh, which highlights people who might have abnormal blood pressure or pulse, um, and they're put into categories. So P1 is immediate response needed. So they are normally the the patients who come in with blue light ambulances uh, because they're really unwell. P2 is somebody who needs to be seen quickly. Um, P3 um, is somebody who should be seen you know, probably within an hour. They have something wrong with them, but not life-threatening or life-changing. And P4 is somebody who could wait for a couple of hours. Some So P4 would be somebody who um, twisted their ankle, they can still hobble, unlikely to be fractured, they're in a bit of pain, but they still need to be assessed to see whether they need an X-ray. Mm.
0: And final question on this uh, sort of what's a genuine emergency uh, thing. How do you handle asking people to be sensible and not scaring them off coming to uh, the emergency department?
1: So like I said, we don't, we don't turn people away. We might, um, so you know, um, one of the examples, somebody came in with an earache I think last week and the triage nurse rang the GP who said they can see them at, I don't know, 2 o'clock and it was 10 o'clock in the morning. The patient said they don't want to go, they want to be seen in the ED. So they stayed and they waited for some time. So we offer people options, but we don't turn them away. We don't, we never say, we will not see you. We we are there, we open 24 seven. We're there to see essentially anybody who comes through the door. I think we're trying to educate people that if you are not a priority, You will be waiting for quite a long time, and it might be better if you find an alternative option because that would be quicker. But if you want to wait, you know that that's fine. It just will be some time.
0: Can I find out also what's the current uh, sort of average waiting time? Uh, What's the upper and lower end of the scale?
1: So you're talking about patients in the waiting room, or patients? So in the waiting room, um, it. Uh, it all depends on whether it's a busy day, it's an afternoon. Um, some people get in within 10 minutes. Um, some people might wait for maybe two, three hours to be seen. Um, I think that's probably the longest. If, we, if if anybody is waiting for more than four hours, it's an exceptional circumstance. and so We might have had a major um, sort of, you know, presentation in majors, you know, a couple of ambulances at the same time and everybody's been... Um, sort of rerouted to look after those patients but I I think probably on average I mean I don't actually have numbers definitive numbers but I would say one to two hours waiting is probably the average
0: Hmm. yeah Um, and how do you quantify what does good look like in that aspect Um, and are you hitting that target
1: well so the targets are for p4 patients they need to be seen within four hours and I'm a certain majority will get seen within four hours. Uh, I think we just need to realise that even somebody who is in the waiting room, who's been triaged as can wait, sometimes things change and if they develop new symptoms or if they become unwell, they will get seen before somebody who's been waiting longer. So if anything changes, those patients will be prioritised. So that extends the waiting time for somebody else who might not need to be there in the first place.
0: That makes sense, yeah. Uh, Coming up to Christmas and New Year's as well, is that a particularly busy time for you? And how do you prepare for that?
1: So it it gets, just before Christmas gets really busy, because schools are shut, lots of ice skating, lots of falls, lots of sporting activities, um, so there is quite a lot of injuries. But equally with winter, there is big rise in respiratory illnesses in kids and adults Um, and elderly patients might find those respiratory illnesses really overwhelming because they already their immune system might be weakened so admissions with you know pneumonias and um, other respiratory infections are on the the up. Um, Christmas day normally is quite a good day to work because staff are happy even patients who come in are reasonably happy Uh, Decorations out, you know, there's lots of food. Um, But the Boxing Day then becomes another really busy day because GP practices are shut. Um, People have eaten too much at Christmas. (laughs) And then there is, you know, anyway, um, people sometimes come in to get checked up for things they might have left unchecked for a couple of weeks because they wanted to get to Christmas. They wanted to get through the Christmas dinner and the presents. yeah. What
0: kind of
1: thing would that be You know ironically, some people have chest pains that they've left because they kind of they dismiss their uh, symptoms and then at Christmas they have a chat to their family and their family say, "Well, that was really silly, so then they come in um you know uh, headaches just different different things quite it's a well published phenomenon um especially in countries that there are religious Um, so I worked in Ireland before and in Ireland there is a a lot of patients try to get to Christmas uh, and they have sort of Christmas with their families and then they deteriorate because that was their sort of end goal Um, so anything you know um, boxing day is quite busy
0: so it actually makes more sense to miss christmas at home come here <laughs>
1: work well christmas it's not it's <laughs> not it's not about me it's just if if anybody doesn't feel well we're here we mm. he, it doesn't matter that it's christmas we're still open we're still staffed we're here to look after anybody who feels they're not well and they need seeing but um, just ironically that does not happen yeah. <coughs> um,
0: i wanted to ask about uh, there have been issues previously with people coming into the emergency department with uh, mental health concerns? Is that still an issue um, and how are you handling that?
1: When you say issues what do you mean?
0: Yeah this is sort of what we were told was that it was becoming a problem that people are coming in with mental health concerns and they shouldn't really be coming.
1: So I, I would disagree with that statement. Yeah. Um, emergency departments is open for anybody with any presentation they feel is an emergency to them patients with mental health are patients it's it's a different condition but they're still patients so if somebody um, is at a crisis point they absolutely should come into us Um, I think my staff find mental health patients more challenging because of different behaviors that might come with uh, mental health illness but we have a really good mental health liaison team support. Um, we are getting better at making sure that patients uh, with mental health illness don't have a medical problem at the same time um, so I don't see i i I would disagree that we have a problem with patients with mental health illness.
0: I think that would be really good to hear mm. uh, actually is it. There- Anything
1: you wanted to add? Anything that you want people to know? Just, uh, we are genuinely open 24-7, we have experienced staff on, and if somebody feels they are not well, and they, to them, it's an emergency, of course come to us, but the sign is there, I just want to reassure people, the sign is there to give people options, to make people think of what other services they might access, and I don't, um, I just don't want people to feel frustrated or upset that they're waiting for longer. if they're waiting, it means they're well because if we bring them straight from triage into majors that's something to worry about rather than sitting in the waiting room
0: yeah uh, just talk people through those alternative options
1: well so um People can go to the pharmacy to ask for advice and any treatment. Pharmacists are trained in giving um, sort of advice in minor conditions.
0: Is that any pharmacy? Any
1: pharmacy. Um, Their own GP is a really useful resource, even if they want telephone advice. Um, And if the GP feels that they can wait until tomorrow for an appointment, that's probably okay as well. Um, Out of hours GP, I appreciate there is a cost attached to it, but the telephone advice that out of hours GP provides is £20. Um, Quite a lot of people ring emergency department for telephone advice, which we cannot provide. We are not trained nor insured to provide telephone advice, GPs are. So that's another thing that people find frustrating because they ring, they wait for hours not hours, but they wait for ages for somebody to answer the phone and then all we can tell them is we are unable to give you telephone advice and that makes people cross. Mm. So um, pharmacy, their own GP or out of hours GP is the way to go.
0: When people ring in for advice, do you just send them to either come in, in person or ring their GP? Or so the we, we tell them
1: we cannot, it's sort of a standard phrase that now everybody's using, we can't give telephone advice unfortunately, if you feel um, you are unwell, come to us, if not you can speak to your GP.
0: Gotcha. Uh, and what's your priority, what are you sort of thinking about, worrying about at the moment?
1: Me personally? Yeah. <laughs> about my children and their Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that that's nice. all <laughs> thank you so much no problem i, I hope you, have, you too. have a lovely christmas okay.
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to the baileywick express podcasts if you liked what you heard please do follow us and keep up with the latest news on dot or by reading our sister publication the jep